So working with the mind you have um, several levels of it, layers of energies. And uh, even the very word mind itself is so uh, limited that sometimes we talk about mind or heart or <coughs> knowingness or variety of terms to try and conjure up the different quality of these dimensions, these levels. So you have the, the level of thinking or verbal level, internal verbal level, articulation, thinking, Vajji Sankara, it's energy, ability to think. And then there's uh, something called the uh, Chitta Sankara, which is the level of feeling, emotion, aspiration, uh, determination, joy, sorrow, happiness. Where we're stirred or roused what I call the felt meanings of our lives, the values, threat, ease and so forth. This is still another level of mind, Chitta Sankara. And then uh, you have Chitta itself, which in when you differentiate in this particular way, Chitta is something um, more like intent. So it's uh, just as one could recognize that the the level of citta sankara of perception and feeling is of a slightly um, more deeper um, and slower energy in some ways than the citta chatter of the mind, of the thinking mind. So the quality of citta is 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 steadier and deeper than the citta sankara. And it's a uh, so, these, so this is a level we don't often necessarily reach. It's there, just like the stars in the daytime, but you don't see them because other things are happening. You know, other things are flashing and buzzing by. So you don't really notice this. And uh, one often gets distracted by the things that are buzzing and flashing. When we recollect, cultivate recollection, then you use a recollection in order to 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 uh, descend or to penetrate to these uh, from the thinking level into the heart level into the level of intent so you're thinking of something like Buddha Buddha, great, Buddha, yeah, fine Buddha, Gautama Buddha historical founder of Buddhism lived approximately 5th century BC you know, no, no, that's not it <laughs> it's uh, awake Buddha, awakening uh, the pure, the well gone, the joyful, the knower of the worlds, the one who is here to awaken others, uh, and so forth, uh, the teacher, the trainer, you know. These are just the kind of you know, canonical references to Targata, the one who's thus gone, you know, it's a beautiful recollection. Someone who's both thus come, tatagata, and thus gone, tatagata. So it's kind of mel- melds these two two senses. Both have come right into the present actuality, and through handling the present actuality, they've gone beyond being thrown around by the present actualities, by that level.
Tathagata. So when we think like this, you think it slowly, and you think, how does that, how do you, how does that feel for you? Does it feel like anything? Take it slowly, think it, does it feel like anything? How do you know that? Do you want to feel? Would you like to open to that, to Buddha? Or we might use something like, well, remember death. And then, you know, this isn't just a, just <laughs> a religious idea or, or something that happened in 5th century BC India. Oh, yeah. And then really bringing that home, the death of others or the sorrows of the world, you know, something that actually gives the Sangwega the, the spur that, 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 that's, that touches the heart, stirs it, says, hey, come on, wake up. You know, we're, we're like fish in a pond that's drying up. We're helpless here. It's just a matter of time before that, you know, we're derelict too, on one level. So, you know, a little bit of, of stirring and then, you know, touches the heart. Don't wait until it's your sister or your brother or you that's going to remember, you know, to recollect it, recollect it now because there's something to be done in terms of <coughs> being stirred in that way. It just creams off the the um, trivia or the tendency to just kind of buzz along on circumstances and be captivated by purely um, surface impressions of things. You know, what good are they going to do you? Or even the moods of happiness and unhappiness. You know, when you're, when you're uh, trapped in a dying situation, complaining you don't feel comfortable isn't going to do you much good. <laughs> you know, there's no, so that, yeah, it's a very, very firm teacher. If you really like it or not, here you are, you know. That's the way it's going to be. And so uh, that sense of really being, <coughs> um, putting a lot of belief or energy into into feeling, feeling one way or another, you know, kind of realise there's something beyond that. You come down to that, and then what is your intent? You know, when you when you come through the, the level of just pure, the emotive level, emotional level, feeling. Then what's you know, your intent? You know, stop suffering. Wake up. You know, it doesn't have to be verbal, but being stirred in that way, and you, one begins to see the the ineffectiveness of this, you know, bhaji sankara thinking and chitta sankara perception and feeling ineffective in some senses. Obviously, they have their effects, but really, bottom line, it all is a bit paper thin. Really, it's just uh, wobbles in the ocean, waves in the ocean. So you come down to kind of what's beneath that. What happens when that goes? When you, one can't control feeling or steer to stir toward, uh, steer towards pleasant feeling. Or inspirational feeling. Yeah. Sometimes we think spiritual life, you know, should be something that gives us 
abundant, pleasant feeling of inspiration or conviction. Should be sort of blissful or harmonious or, you know, this kind of thing. Well, yeah, I'd go for that too. One would like that, one would aim for that, one would encourage it. But at the bottom line, <laughs> this, this, is this what we is this really what we're here for? You know? Is that going to do you much good? When you some meningitis or even toothache, let alone dying. So it it kind of it doesn't dismiss these, but it says, yeah, you know, but don't don't just stay at this level. Yeah, and and sometimes we need those reminders, the uh, the the immovables, the boundaries of the conventional conditioned realm, to just uh, just pull us, you know, out of uh, the levels of the thinking and emotion, and they're not going to do you much good here. Yeah. And certainly at that place when one's emotions and thoughts can start to get turbulent or confused or unhappy or despairing or whatever, but still, you know, it comes down it here here we are, here we are, you know, here we are. Wake up, wake up, we're still here, you know. The thought that one isn't good enough, can't bear it, I can't make this and so forth, isn't gonna do one any good. You know, it just makes life miserable. So without having to have something else, can we just go to the, the intent uh, to be present, to wake up, to, to just to step back from this stuff? <coughs> to not see these things as the primary realities. These are the icing on the cake, the dressing on the salad, the things that, yeah, they spice it up and they're interesting and delightful and so forth, but you can't make them your staple diet. Stable diet for meditation hasn't going to be blissful feeling, being interested, having rewarding spiritual experiences every every few hours. It's going to be just something like stick it out, <laughs> stay with it, you know, let go. It's going to be really simple, and you find your own words. You know, these words can become more slogans that we wave in the air and get inspired by, and. You know, it's, it's not to create another level of, of thinking or emotion that one can then, you know, just get off on. To find that intent. So in spiritual life, it's true, we can make some of these very beautiful things intense, you know, patience, uh, loving kindness letting go, dispassion and so forth. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's old and that's really good. Yeah, that's it. Or you get some, some teacher, a real blistering day snow, you know, right, that really sorted us out, put us into place, it was great, you know. And we've got a kind of high off of that, or a charge off of that, and then we go to the charge, believe in the charge, you know, the sense of, this is, this is the story, this is, this is it, this is the great outfit, we're really into this. We're into letting go, no quarters, no no hostages taken, sock it to them. Yeah, great. Right. Hey, there's a coffee around here. 
you know, it was just another, another tidbit that one took as a kind of another piece of icing. You know, you get this in, in monasteries, you go and live with some, you know, Kuba Ajahn, oh, he's really great, and, and just get off on, on, on living in the, the, the aura of this being. Yeah. Without actually following the intent. <laughs> so just aware of how, say, the, like the intent to, to meditate, you know, the, the inspiration around it, oh, this will be quiet, calm, peaceful, interesting spaces, you know, the deathless, the transcendent, oh, yeah, that's it. And that's that, that is Jitta Sankar, that experience, you know. I'm not saying it's bad, but just know it's like that. Now, actually, you know, what is meditation going to be, really? Meditation is your mind. Is <laughs> the whole of it, all those levels. So as we sit here, we come into the thinking about how to do it, the inspiration, or the desperation, or the can or the can't, or which system. We go into all that, you know. <coughs> and so, certainly, one can just stay in that, that realm trying to cook up idea of an inspiring or a peaceful or an easeful or a penetrative meditation system or something like that you know oh that's it yeah that's it got it right. you know and then we get a kind of sense of a high or a motivation this is probably what um, you know part of part of the course as it were but you know not to sort of just throw that out so yeah sure but does it, as long as you take it and, and use it to, just to help you come out of the other persuasions. So you use one set of, of, of perceptions and meanings to, to, to counteract the other sets of perceptions and meanings, like, you know, whatever, you know, other things we can think life is about. Fun travel adventure, you know, uh, success, romance, and so forth. You sort of put this other stuff here so it helps you to counteract that. And that's the kind of, um, not the practice actually, something like that. But then, of course, when you come onto a, onto a longish retreat, or particularly over a, if you're de- dedicating your life to it, then these kind of inspirational ideas start to kind of you know run a bit thin one can't get much going on them anymore we've worn out that set of slogans so we try and find another set and worn that one out and then (laughs) eventually even the sense of you know do you have to be inspired to do it Because when it comes down to it, you know, eventually what what we're doing is just waking up to these these levels of mind for what they are: the happy, the good, things that feel nice and encouraging and sustain us for a while. Yeah, and that is impermanent, changing, inconstant. You can't rely on it. In a way, this is. Yeah, it's sobering, but it's also 
I think it's good news in some ways because then you don't have to feel so bad when you can't get inspired by it anymore. You know, you've done morning chanting for 400 times. You think, can I actually get up, get out, going on that one? And you will go for a, you know, burst of, of feeling inspired, then a feeling a bit so what, and then bored, and even sometimes intensely negative about it. And then, not necessarily, but uh, so certainly a few people I know have been through that, go through that, and you just keep going. You know, negative, bored, pointless. You know, complete travesty of spiritual life is to do these automatic mechanical things without feeling like I really belong to you. <laughs> Resentment, <laughs> hatred, <laughs> wanting to burn the monastery down. And then she comes, oh yeah, and you come through that. Oh yeah, well, what else is there to do? Yours. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's as, as good as anything else. You know. It's as good as reading the papers, or probably better than reading the papers. <laughs> because at least it does uh, create some kind of arrows that point towards the intent. You know, and then, re- then you have to pick them up and recollect. You know. But not just to get high off of, off of recollection or take issue with it or get despondent about it, but uh, what are you here for? What are we here for? Why? Why bother? Why meditate? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, sitting still is as good as anything else in some ways. Mm-hmm. But essentially what we begin to recognize is there are certain th- certain aids that, that can carry us through the fluctuations of our thoughts and moods. And one of them is the presence of the body. So when you sit still and you just feel that, you feel it's not going anywhere. You know, to hold it rigid, it's alive, it's changing, it's got some sense of... of Vitality in it. <clears throat> and its rhythms check. The rhythms of the body are not like the rhythms of the mind. It doesn't move like a thought. Mm. So, in one out breath or one in breath, how much you could do quite a lot of thinking, I would imagine. Everything from the times of trains to Waterloo to um, the Iliad or quantum physics in one outbreath. Mesons and quarks, Homer, Achilles, and a 935 to Petersfield. It doesn't take one outbreath, you can think all that lot and more. <laughs> so it's a great. And then you could go through quite a bit of it, mood swings too. You get the surge, sudden fear, panic can I do this? What's the Am I okay? Calm down. And so you get the when you have the body rhythm, then it helps you to, to have somewhere where you can actually see or or have a standpoint. But it's other stuff. You know that stuff, isn't it? You know, I felt happy, unhappy, but still breathing in and out. You know, felt convinced and uh, unconvinced, and yet still sitting here. 
so you've got something to kind of refer to that, that you can hold to and then this other stuff kind of flushes and washes around and one one uh, just doing something like that or walking up and down steadily standing this very simple thing breathing in and out see the anicca the inconstant nature of this other energy how uncomfortable they are actually how uncomfortable it is just to have this kind of surging and tugging and drugging struggling and flailing and you know even the kind of blissing out this sort of surging and uh, yeah maybe it isn't uncomfortable but but one grows, it grows to be uncomfortable. Obviously at first we take comfort in that. When we can uh, follow it, be with it, get it going, find things that pick it up, give us the good ones. Naturally that's what we take comfort in. When you can't do that, we're just going to go on day after day, hour after hour. And it, it's just uncomfortable having stuff pushing and surging and drooping and twittering way and then the, the challenge is not to become averse to it or impatient or angry you know it's just swinging to another set of currents but just to you know find a place where you're present with that this is the body this is breathing out and maybe the general attitude well ending the suffering and your intent probably starts to form around such simple things as that intent is a very deep and perhaps non-verbal experience we can verbalize it but it's some kind of fundamental holding what holds you together yeah it's the uh, primary level of self sense of coherence, sense of entityhood. Yeah. So you have other levels of self which can be your personality. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of bubble by naming character, mood swings, occupations, personality. And then you get something that's much more primary. The one you wake up in the morning with. The one that's there when your thinking stops and things calm down, a sense of... Mm presence mm-hmm. and you deter you just just keep coming, coming back to that it's very very simple in some ways and you can embody that intent in the body sit with it just as if you know you're just full of sitting filled with sitting, filled with walking, filled with breathing nothing, you know, that that is the bit you know, do anything about it, just, just let yourself be filled with it let yourself come to that level because the body, body energy and the chitta very much listen to each other much more so than the thinking mind in the body so you can be uh, not recognizing one feels tense 
or tired or whatever or irritable and you start talking and then after what's that? oh dear you know and you, you, you pick it up but you don't necessarily immediately get it isn't this the case you know when we listen to each other you think oh she's going off but she doesn't know it how come? because she or he you know that particular time is actually in their their feeling or their perception or they haven't actually got perspective on it so they they don't really see it don't really notice it you know happens to me so you come to your body wait a minute wow that's a bit strange you can then you suddenly feel what, what that is that, that that emotional mental energy is and you can then just holding without getting averse to it or guilty or ashamed which are the perhaps the immediate reactions just holding your attention there this is quite um, fine quite dexterous really just staying there feeling the feeling not reacting not blaming it just feeling it holding it in this kind of in the almost holding it in your body <coughs> as a skillful means of waking up to it. I mean this is that that mood, that thought is changing. It's not the self, it's something that can be I can be coherent, distinct from, I can, there can be a stepping back from that. One isn't, you know, bonded to it with nothing else but. So it's not self. It's not core. Therefore, do I need this? Yeah. Does this do me any good? This is what's the value of it. And we just, you know, just, just stay there and let let the thought or the feeling just. You know, do what it does, but you don't put any more energy into it. This way, that you don't set up these kind of conflicting energies in the mind, where one gets one thought and then you beat it up, and then you get, you know, tight about beating yourself up, and then you get so you want some comfort to get over the tightness of beating yourself up, so you indulge a bit, then you beat yourself up again, <laughs> so you just get these kind of ricochet effects of different levels of jitta-sankara conflicting with each other yeah so yeah noticing my own mind you know I get kind of a bit silly and start stand up stop it find <laughs> myself remembering an old rock song from the 1960s humming right stop it stop it so I always assume that the right voice is to stop it. I think that's the right voice. This other one is, you know, the defilement. So you set one up against the other one. You know. Actually, they're both defilements <laughs> in some ways. I mean, because the other one, the stop it, doesn't actually do very much. It just comes in and snaps around a bit, and the other voice kind of it's okay. Goes back in the corner till he's gone. Then comes out again. <laughs> so 
So rather than just go through this tag of these two kids playing with each other, like, you know, a couple of kids fighting, you can't expect a kid to do an adult's work. They say, this is not an adult response, just stop it, shut up, my dad's bigger than your dad, kind of thing. You just come to a level of, well, just, just hold this. Read it, let it say what it has to say, and the feeling from that. And just let that dissolve. It dissolves back, and it, it keeps, actually, every time you let some of that dissolve, it reminds you of your intent. Perhaps intent is not even the right word. It takes you back to your chitta, which means you become dispassionate. You become less opinionated about yourself or others. It's just like that. That's the way the thinking mind is. It is silly. You know, it's like that. That's what it's supposed to be. You know? And you become adult, which means you, you become equanimous, dispassionate, compassionate. You can laugh at yourself. Um, and you get a sense of real sense of gravity you know? that's what adults are you've got a lot more scope there was something that uh, from this Ajahn Chah conference of couple, or conference or symposium a couple of years ago in California when these various disciples were gathering to talk about Ajahn Chah and I think Paul Bright was saying, Ajahn Chah, giving this recollection of monkeys are like this. This is what you know as you're meditating. You know, monkeys are like this. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> just sit there for a while and you'll see. <laughs> monkeys are like this. <laughs> monkey mind's like this, isn't it? Can't expect a monkey to be anything... But a monkey is like this. You don't have to be that, you know. You don't have to kind of start getting angry about it or try and dress a monkey up in a top hat and make it look like it's really dignified or believe in it. Or go around trying to kill them all. Just monkeys are like that, you know. So, you, what is it that knows that? What is it that has that sense of perspective, gravity, immovable? Not rigid. Mm. That's that's chitta. That's that's the that's the level I'm talking about. The level of intent. And you can receive these things, but at the same time, if you receive it, you come to that place. And, yeah, monkeys like this. What are you here for? You here to jump around in the trees as well, or what? Mm. It's just a sense of the present. Certainly for myself, I notice um, Several things, just the presence of other people sitting in a dumb hall, you know, whatever their personalities or characteristics are, is a sense of it's stabilizing. It's, a, it's on a on just a very primary level. I mean, we're here, we're all here, and the fact that we are all different actually is encouraging. 
because it's not just only a certain kind of you know individual but a range oh. so it's not about being you know a man or a woman a monk or a nun or young or old or British or whatever you know it's not having about having just a particular disposition as the quiet ones and the jokey ones and the and the <laughs> gloomy ones or whatever <laughs> so you, this is all the level of personality and you say yeah but we're here you know and uh, it's really to me that's the kind of it's inspiring but very steadying yeah. it's sobering stabilizing and how you know, people are here every day morning evening and so on that's, that's it isn't it and who knows but I'm sure you know, anything like my experience there's times when deeply one doesn't want to be here you know, there's a lot of one isn't here you know, one's mind is elsewhere no one is having some struggle with that pressures and yet you know, here we are and this is really almost a key determination of intent just then remember that remember or recollect get in touch with that quality of, of a quiet determination now sometimes we can think well why don't we just really rev it up and have something much more intense and uh, gung ho yeah we can do that but that really um, that's, that's extras that's garnish that's what seems to work most thoroughly is just to be with something steady you know, not because of the sense of being on the big campaign the chariot the you know the high speed to Nibbana the best team in the world the uh, you know these kinds of things which have their, their emotional tone but just just be here no. with whatever one's judgments of oneself one's judgments of others yeah. you know, it's not this enough or it's too much of that or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just breathing in, breathing out So you begin to sense the difference between jitta and jitta sankara. It's not purely a uh, sort of an intellectual exercise. It's pragmatic. The content of the mind, the jitta sankara, is the perceptions, the impressions, the moods, the meanings, the values, the significances that we place upon this and that. Feeling is the level of pleasure, pain, neutrality. That's what that's what gets us going. That's what activates the chitta. That's the chitta sankara. 
and then there's also we just kind of step back sense of awareness of that that particular movement of attention what I call stepping back this is the whole cultivation that is summarized uh, Viveka, Viraga, Niroda Hortsaga uh, Viveka uh, non-attachment stepping back Viraga, dispassion cooling down Niroda, stopping ceasing of these activities when they actually finish their their bit, their energy diffuses, just like when you hold something and it, it it gives up and you can you can be there at the giving up rather than reacting just there when the that mood of the energy just has had enough it gives up it stops the cessation Otsaka is it is the relinquishment of a view that this is mine this is myself this is what I am which is not an intellectual construction it's a it's an emotional psychological habit of going in there and grabbing, going in there and grabbing, looking for something to grab. This, this must be myself. This is this is it for me. You know? That kind of twitch. So there's a relinquishment of that, knowing nothing whatsoever ever could be mine <laughs> or for me. Nothing would ever be for me or mine. It couldn't be. No. You know, and that takes some doing, doesn't it, really? Because in order to have that level of letting go, you have to recognize something like the quality that begins with Viveka, that ability just to, to not hold, that itself. Now that's, that's comforting, that's refreshing, that's releasing. You get a flavor of release. You get the taste of it. Viraga the ability to have some space around one's emotional habits rather than create more emotional habits around them, just have some space around it. Uh, non-reactive space on an emotional level. Niroda, taking it to an energetic level, from just emotional to energetic, whereby the very movement of those thoughts and feelings is allowed to, to terminate, to to um, come to an end, to cease. Yeah. Just what it, so, but we get it, you know, you get it just what it takes for that moment of, of stepping back, of non-attachment, Viveka. Something has to widen, doesn't it? It has to shift out of the immediate engagement with thoughts and feelings yeah, the immediate reflex reaction to them it's that sense of what it takes just that stepping on once you've got that then you, you know your system remembers or, or is in touch with a particular thing it can do that we sometimes lose track of we can do this we can do this it gets stiff we don't maybe do it all the time we can do this we can just bump, step back once you exercise that particular function and remember that particular function. This, in a way, is the, you know, the, the beginning theme and the theme that runs right through Buddhist practice. 
as it, it matures and it, it, it changes, but it's basically that theme to awaken that particular function. That's the bit you end up doing. You know, that's the the pinnacle of doing is to do that little shift. That's as far as doing can get you. The rest of it is just is not doing. It's receiving release. It's being present in release in the sense of what it's like. These things in I think are quite um, these ideas are quite useful. This is this is the sankara, the energetic. It moves, it changes, it moves me. It uh, it's got a real me feeling to it. it. It's either something I'm doing or something that's attacking me. It's a hindrance. It's uh, you know that kind of level. And then something there's a shift we can make where it's no longer me doing it or me being done to. The shift we can make. In the fourth uh, tetrad of Anapanasati, this this particular refrain is summarizes aware of anicca, aware of inconstancy or change. So to do that, that's Viveka. In other words, it's just that ability to step back to the point where instead of being right on those waves of thought and acting on them, we just, oh, there's a wave. There's this rising up, moving through. Doesn't seem tremendously dramatic. You know? But uh, thoroughly cultivating that. And then what, what has actually happened for that to come around? Mm. And then taking that through from the th- thinking, the bodily process, the thinking process, and the emotive processes. Is that which we we may be able to experience that uh, very much on an external level. You know, this is a day coming and going. Uh-huh. And then you take it into a bodily process. This is a breath arising and passing. Yeah, I can do that. But then it comes down to a thought. You know. We're suddenly in there, oh, wait a minute, step back. You know, a little more difficult. When it comes to an emotion, is the sense of um, irritation or rapture or whatever. Yeah, and then <laughs> gets a little more difficult, doesn't it? The mood doesn't just uh, take some doing. It's, it's, a, it's a recognition of how, you know, bonded. We, we get up to the emotional level because this is where our basic pleasure and pain are so naturally it's a big thing for us pleasure and pain joy and love and fear and so forth these are very big big things for us they're not easy to overcome but you don't, don't not, re- not advising you to react against them so you don't feel love or joy or whatever pleasure or pain but just that uh, oh, it's like this. So with Anapanasati, you've got a very helpful um, process whereby you kind of deliberately generate some 
jitta sankara. It's almost like you create a laboratory for it, which is through through the through calming the body, through sharpening your mind, through tuning the mind in and calming the body and going you get a sense of quite joyful. I think most of us, obviously, we're here, most of us um, you know, quite relish and get a feeling for what'd well, be nice just to cool down and you know, go into some space and chill out and you know, get some sense of uplift from that. Not blissed out, but you know, feeling a bit more buoyant. I like that. You know? So this is really what one develops in Anapanasati, fashion the feeling. Through 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 not just through saying I want a feeling, but <laughs> well when's this stuff gonna give me the good feeling? I thought this is supposed to make me blissful, which is attachment. You're doing the work. Tuning in, quietening, steadying, thoroughly pervading the body, so it's like an internal massage of the body through the breathing. And you get both a physiological effect and then you get the the mental effect which means you're sharp, you're aware, and you get the emotional effect as you're relaxed and uh, letting it happen. Yeah, so those three, you know, the sharpening of attention, the relaxing and trust of the on the emotive level, and the steadying and, and uh, easing on the bodily level, you have a nice feeling. Piti, piti sukha, piti joy, bliss, joy, uplift and ease. Comfort. Yeah, then, then uh, steadying that, breathing through that. So, it uh, in some cases for people this can be quite intense and uh, driving, and hungry for it, intense. So then, just calming it, giving some space around it. Recollection is just remembering Anicca, Viraga, this is changing, this is inconstant. Get some emotional space around these moods and uh, emotions. You know. That perhaps reminds us of the intent of practice, release, liberation. Because we might start with something as deceptively simple as stop suffering. And, you know, perhaps the only way we've really generally recognized stop suffering means be happy. That's perhaps perhaps what we've mostly learned in our lives, isn't it? Stop suffering, therefore be happy instead. (laughs) You know, do something to make myself happy, I have to be a happy feeling. But actually it's a little deeper than that. It means stop suffering doesn't mean be happy, it means stop suffering. <laughs> and for a while being happy seems to be the answer. Yeah. Uh, and you feel you know being happy is itself is a bit tiring really. <laughs> you know that kind of energy gets uncomfortable, it's because it's also inconstant, 
you know, happy and then not so happy. And then you're doing really well, really well, and then somebody come and did this or said this or you had to do that and then lost it. And yeah, it's going to take me ages to get back to that state again. This is suffering of happiness. Also, you shouldn't be happy, but just to get that, so this isn't really what we're here for. <laughs> you go through this because the happiness does help to 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 um, give you some food, sustain sustain the heart. But in Anapanasati, then from from that, and steadying and calming that, then begin to thoroughly experience the citta, the knowing. First of all, the intent can be expressed as something like a knowingness. <coughs> it's not knowing lots of information, it's just a, uh-huh, mm, uh, mm, that kind of knowing. The sense of witnessing or... Um, dispassionate recognition <coughs> in other words intent can be something like the sense of just persevering because that quality of knowing and persevering feels more more stable than the happiness what's stable feels more comfortable what's comfortable seems to be less suffering yeah? so it's the same message and you shift from one level of of, of apparent permanence which is you know thinking or feeling and you, you recognize no it isn't actually this isn't going to sustain me it's pretty good but it's not good enough and you come to another level which seems a little more constant and even though it's not as um, as flavorful or as spicy it's got the sense of con- constancy desire you can rest in it you can stay with that you can feel um, it can carry you <clears throat> so, you know, we do something like a retreat or or a vigil. Vigils, I find myself useful. So, sit up, and then they, you wouldn't finish the group thing here. I like to go back to Kuti and sit some more, uh, and just uh, practice intent. You know, to just stay here, just be here. Something says, oh, I don't feel, so, oh, I'm going to kick now, I've done enough, and the draw, one brahma, and the day after, and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, 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 but, yeah, I know, but just sit here. <laughs> well, I'm not going to get anywhere in my samadhi, and after all time, yeah, fine, I know that one, yes, now just, just sit, just sit there. Well, I've sat here for five minutes, so that's long enough. Oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yes, I know that one. <laughs> And then you could start travel. I'll just sit here till till two o'clock and then or maybe five to two would be good enough <laughs> after all. Then maybe ten to two. Yeah, yeah, no, but you said sit there. Just stay with it. And you get all these kinds of you know, the manipulating mind, the the used car salesman mind, the do a deal mind, the you know the what's the point of this mind, the let's be sensible mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know all this. But being sensible, doing deals, isn't going to take me where I want to go. 
to the ending. Then you come down to that place where you're really adult about one's life, what life offers human beings on the level of sense, sensuality, feeling, mood. It's, it's up and down. It's not going to be any more than that. So if one becomes dispassionate towards it, disinterested in it. And, uh, you know, from my, mind, from my experience, ah, oh, yeah, that's where I feel best, feel strong. Mm. You come to some basic strength, you know, basic strength. And touch into that. This is, this is better. Strength. You know, clarity. Not intellectual clarity, but sense of this is right. That's that's just that. Monkeys are like this. Mm-hmm. And a sense of confidence and trust in yourself. And that tremendous kind of um, power comes out of that. And the chitta as an idi partner is the is quality of intent as a power as an ability to to persevere and, and uh, sustain is uh, you know, when you touch into that 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 can carry you through and most uh, people want recognize and feel some deep respect for them had to be at those places of extreme uh, despair and uh, death and say look I put my life on the line there's no point going on with this unless I'm prepared to really face up to it I might as well die right now stop fooling around And we can do that, and there are different ways in which we get that sense of uh, wanting to collapse. Sometimes we hear these stories of, of uh, you know, of course it's inspiring when you hear somebody else who's struggling. He was out on a mountain, up in the cold, and he decided to really stay with it. Yeah, that's it, that's really inspiring. You know. And then he had this, had this terrible disease and sickness, and he just sat up and meditated through it. Oh, that's inspiring. You know. Why do I have to make gruel every morning? Why do I have to get <laughs> your own death is never so inspiring, is it? It's the little deaths of of the of the tedium or the things one has to you know be held by, checked by. Doesn't quite get off on that. But actually you know, I think it is. It's in some ways it's more inspiring because it, it doesn't have the same glory to it. You know. What I really find a respect about these um, communities in the West is, is they sort of persevere through the kind of humdrum. You know, doing bits of business and dealing with this and that. You know, 
and we're going potty on the retreat and having to take care of them, look after them, and just keep going. And that it's not it's not glorious. But the intent, you know, compassion, kindness, perseverance, patience, truthfulness, commitment, these are all really tremendously uh, worthy of respect and honour. And one should recollect them, because they're not so glorious. doesn't mean they don't be fooled by that. So in that process of touching the jitta, awakening to it, recognizing it, and then abhipamojayang, thoroughly rejoicing in it. Feeling, letting yourself remember or recollect or get to that place where your strength is, your basic strength, your basic trust, your basic you know, will, if you like, and then feel that, feel the, you rejoice in that, you've got that. You're a, you're a human being, you're an awakening being. Lifted up. Then, you know, the thinking mind, the emotions can be doing what they do, up and down. But uh, that isn't you know, something to, to dwell in. Rejoice in that, celebrate it. Then stabilize within that. This is the way you come to the vimochayam, the releasing of intent from continually sticking to those to the sankharas to the productions and fabrications you know, that's, that's the release of it, it doesn't stick to that it, and then those, those things when you don't feed them with your own heart energy with your presence then they, they, they leave you alone, they fade, they pass there's always one around the corner ready to come back, so I wouldn't rest the one's novels. <laughs> Somebody's going to find a, a loose nerve or a button somewhere and get it going again. But then that, that's the story, isn't it? Well, okay, how can I you know, come out of this one? Or First, we have to be present with it. Feel it as a mood. Feel it as an energy. Feel it in the body. Be adult about it. <laughs>